Thanks to our sponsors, Renault. The Renault Capture, the versatile, compact family SUV. You're still the one I run to, the one that I belong to. You're still the one I want for life. And a grain of rice, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen between them, and now they're really roaring. And I can tell you, tell you, there won't be a cow milk and cow for at least a week. Hello, everyone. You're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show in association with Renault. My name is Paul Rouse, and I am joined by the former Kerry footballer, Brian Sheehan by the former Galway footballer and manager, Kevin Walsh, and we will be joined in a couple of minutes by the former Armagh footballer, Oshin McConville. All year, people have been talking about Dublin and Kerry playing in the All-Ireland football semi-final. It felt inevitable, and now it's upon us. I think it's the most intriguing football match to be played in years, and we are going to break it down uh, on this podcast. Brian and Oshin and Kevin are going to go and look at the matchups, and they're going to assess who is the better footballer, Conor Callaghan or David Clifford. The thing is, though, there is no longer the sense that this Dublin and Kerry semi-final will make the actual final an afterthought. There are too many unanswered questions about Dublin and about Kerry to think like that. More than that, both Galway and Derry have shown a rate of progress during this championship, which means they can now both have legitimate claims to look at being All-Ireland champions. We will be going through that match also in detail. We'll preview the Talchin Cup final and we're going to look at managerial appointments that may be coming our way shortly. Brian, what's the mood in Kerry like ahead of this weekend? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all roads to Crow Park. It's, um, everyone's looking forward to it. Um, I suppose, look, not being disrespectful to other teams, but I think it was always a game that people were looking forward to Kerry Dublin. Um, this was a new long way off that they were going to meet uh, in the All-Ireland semi-final. And I think both teams expected to be there. Um, so, yeah, look, everyone's looking forward to it. That's all the talk down here at the moment is Kerry Dublin. Um, I, I, I do expect a good crowd from Kerry to, to go to it. Um, I think there'll definitely be more of a crowd than I was at the, the Mayo game. But I think Kerry and Dublin... It's just one of those games that no matter how far back you go in time, you go back to the 80s, you know, even going back to the Kerry Dublin in, in Torless, going back to even when I was playing there, they're just always fantastic occasions. Crow Park full, the Hill 16 bouncing. Um, and it's a game as a player, I think outside of the all Ireland final, it's probably the next best game you could play in. And, you know, it's just that it has that real rivalry about us. And... I can imagine the players on this week, you know, would be treating this game as if it was an All-Ireland final because I think that's how Kerry have to approach it. What would you be like at this stage of the week? This is this is we're recording this on the Thursday afternoon. Um, just I'd be looking forward to it. I, you know, I suppose work would be. I'd still be working. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be taking the, the week off or anything by, by any stretch of the imagination because I think the more time you've off and the more time you go into your own head, the more time you could burn yourself out and, and have the game played in your head already. So. I always worked right up until the week of the game, to be honest, I worked up until the Friday. Um, but, 
Yeah, you would be you would be excited about it. You would always be, you know, in every moment of the day, be it lunchtime or something, you'd slip off into the game, you'd slip off into scenarios or who you'd be marking or what'll happen in the game. And you'd put yourself in different scenarios, thinking about the game and things like that, you know what I mean? But again, you wouldn't dwell in it too long. You just you know make sure that you just <clears throat> keep that hunger and keep the belly butterflies in, in the belly, don't keep them at bay and to keep them keep the game ticking over. But um yeah, look, I suppose everything's done now at this stage. I'd imagine Kerry would probably train tonight. But again, it'll be very light. It'll be no more than half an hour, 45 minutes. Just kick you to post. Just make sure the fella's okay. Um, making sure the kicking is sharp and that kind of stuff. So that's all you would do. Um, and I suppose myself, then, if I was in that environment, I suppose, um, as, as Kerry would travel up on Saturday, no doubt, I would be spending Friday evening, then probably spending an hour, you know, 20 minutes kicking. So um, I think that's what's... Uh, in Carsevine. Yeah, in Carsevine, yeah. My own, my own patch, just to uh, familiarity. What would Jack O'Connor be like in these couple of days? Uh, he'd, be, he'd be relaxed, I suppose. In fairness to Jack, he has a lot of experience. Um, you know, so I think he's probably, he'd probably rely, relying on that and then looking back on that. He, he'd become, he would be talking to a lot of the players. I think he would be talking to certain fellas about certain matchups. Um, just remind them of, as I recall, even... I think it was even coming to the Dublin All Ireland final in 2011. Then we met for a coffee, and again, just to kind of focus the mind, just to what to expect from you. Don't be trying anything special; just do your job and that kind of stuff. You know. So I would imagine he'll be talking to a few players individually. But you know, even for myself coming on here, I've been all week trying to work out matchups, tactics. So I would imagine Jack's head is absolutely fried, and I think Kevin can actually probably relate to this. Being in the managerial shoes, um, there's so many different things that could happen on Sunday from the point of view of team selection to, to positional uh, changes to people marking who. Um, and I've gone through all this, and I used to say it must be a nightmare being a manager to try and set out your game plan because I think you want to have your own game plan, you want to be able to implement your own game plan, but at the same time you're going to have to have an alternative. You're going to have to have A, B, C probably up your sleeve. And then you're going to also have to react to what the opposition are going to put in front of you. So um, I think Kevin can probably put a bit more on that. But um, I would say Jack has probably all that kind of homework done, speaking to the management team, speaking to the players and, and having all his homework done for different scenarios that could possibly throw his head up on Sunday. I, I, I want to come to the matchups in a couple of minutes. But before, before we do this and before I put these things to you, Kevin, I want to ask Brian straight out and let's get right to the nub of this. It feels like there's a desperation in Kerry to beat Dublin. And that beating Dublin is now just such an immense thing for Kerry football. And it gets right to the nub of the idea of being a Kerry footballer, that defeat after defeat to Dublin is now, it's it's been worn like a tattoo. And changing that seems to me to be an enormous pressure on, on these Kerry footballers. There is and there isn't, but I, I think yes, there is publicly. There is, um, you know, the, when I've retired in seventeen, I think you know, obviously they've played in in the nineteen All Ireland was the nineteen um, final. Um, so they played once since since I retired, and I haven't beaten Dublin since two thousand and nine, and they've beaten us on every occasion in championship football since then. Um, and I, I agree, John. I kind of made the point earlier on this. 
this is another wonderful curve. And I don't mean disrespectful from the point of view that this is just the final, but they have to treat this game like it's the All Ireland final because they have to beat up. Um, as you say, it's, it's gone on so long. 2009 was the last time we beat them. They have the hoodoo over us. And I think now was the opportunity and now was the time where Kerry, I think, just quite simply have to beat Dublin. Just on the flip side of that, though, I think there's a lot of new faces in this team. Um, so I don't think it's going to be so much of an overhang for some of these fellas that it's the, you know, that they can get caught up in it. Um, I suppose if you look maybe like sort of Paul Ganey, David Moore, these fellas have probably been around the right since 2009 or probably since, sorry, since 2011, slightly after. I think Paul, maybe Paul Ganey came in 2012 or 13. Uh, David was knocking around around 2011. I think he was injured at that time with his cruciate. So they'll know they've been around a long time having tasted defeat from Dublin. Um, but I think a lot of the other fellas in that team, I suppose, probably haven't, bar possibly the 2016 and probably 2019 finals. Um, so, or sorry, 2016 semi-final and 2019 finals. So, in, in one perspective, the players, I don't think that the, every one-sider has lost to Dublin in the same multiple occasions we have, but in the public and if we carry down here, I think it's the most-win game. I think we're, we're not looking straight out about it. We're sick of losing to them. Um, and I think this is the one opportunity or the one game where Kerry have to have to win. And that's why I said I think they have to approach this as if it is their order in final and get one over Dublin. Kevin, you know the idea of a must-win game, of that sense of desperation. How do you harness it? I, I, I asked the question because when you came in to train Galway footballers, beating Mayo was, it, it, it was a sense of desperation about what Galway needed to do there. How, how do you harness this? How do you make sure it doesn't overwhelm you? I suppose, Paul, like it's it's preparation breeds confidence. So, like, it's it's all on the training pitch. And I know people might just say that, but if you can get confidence of players that they know exactly what they're doing over a number of months, that's that's huge. And I know you, you mentioned there about Kerry Dublin, but I think there's a it's not only just another match for Kerry having to, there's a, but there's, the difference now is there's a high expectation in Kerry. The Kerry are favourites for this game for the first time in, in what Brian said for 10 years. So it's not just they have to be Dublin now. Now they have to carry the expectations well. And I think if Kerry don't win this game, uh, there'll be a lot of questions um, asked. Because, you know, you look at Paul Mannion gone, you look at McCaffrey gone, you know, you look at Dublin's form in the league, they're gone to Division 2, albeit they've, they've upped their game quite a bit since we say McCarthy came back and, and Conor Callan. But um, the expectation is massive. So these Kerry players are going to have to believe in what they're doing. And they have to believe in the management. They have to, I suppose, the expectation is on, the, on them because their supporters are walking them every day of the week. And as Brian has said there, they just, they want this so badly. It, you know, they've got to channel their energy into into into, into Sunday and not, not during the week. So Brian mentioned about working there. It's how you just, you know, how do you tune out? And some people can tune out. So that's the management's jobs. And like you, you have 17 or 18 in the back home team. So some people will just need a little bit of cajoling. Other people need to be left alone. So you need to know your players and, um, you know, I, Which did I, you I, need? Like, okay. When you were playing, what did you need? Did you need to be left alone? And when you were a manager, did you know who to leave alone? Well, I hope I knew to left alone, who to leave alone. I thought that was one of my strengths. But when as a player, I certainly I, I did. I wanted to be left alone, yeah. I didn't need people talking to me, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't be panicking. Um, like Brian, I just work, work all weekend. And uh, you go through the game a few times, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me, you know. But... Uh, at the same time, other people can get high, and it's just important to know the, the, the individuals you're, you're dealing with. So, but again, that's down to the game has changed, and and like 
you know, your your full back line now are, are, are attacking or else your full forward line are coming back and it's 15 behind the ball or it's whatever the tactics are, but your team needs to believe in what's happening. So I suppose Kerry, at the minute, they haven't been hugely tested. Uh, Mayo was probably the, the best game. And, and, and to be fair, Dublin haven't either. And there's both teams that say wouldn't be overly happy with the last game. So maybe that both will now feel they can beat the other. Did you ever meet a player or look at a player in training the week before a game a big game in particular, and think, oh, we have a problem here. Do you know something, uh, Paul? Not massively, but I, I'd have the opposite. Where you the fellas will be flying and training, and you put them in, 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 in <laughs> They're the worst ones. Um, I know, look at. No, not really. I have to say that you just, you know, like Brian said, you just calm down the Thursday night. Oh, your work is done. You know, it's about. It's about a little bit of kicking, a little bit of handling, but I would also say topping up on the what ifs. Like you know, Brian mentioned about you know the different scenarios. I mean, I always had, I'd have a little notebook in my pocket with a, with, with, with the what if situation, not just because sometimes things can happen. For instance, a goalie gets black carded. You know, you know, all of a sudden you're not ready for it. And for me, there's only one way to deal with that: is put an outfield player in for ten minutes. Don't waste your sub. It's not going to be asked to make massive saves, and it, you, then you're back on the field again. So. You waste two or three subs and you're you've taken a goalie off, you're taking an outfield player off, and you just disrupt things. So the what if situation is massive. You could, are you down to 14 men? Are you down to 13 men? Is your opposition uh, the same way? Is the wind against you? Uh what's the kickouts? There's a huge amount of what ifs. And you know, what if Conor Callan doesn't play? What if Clifford gets an injury? All these what ifs have to be there and they, and they should be dealt with by management that they know what's going to happen. Not just 15 minutes trying to figure out what's going to happen. So that's going to be a crucial role for both managers on, on, on Sunday. If we look at if we look at the teams and how teams are going to set out, Brian, you spoke earlier there about you were thinking all week about your matchups. Mm. Well, first of all, what Kerry team are you playing? Who who who's playing? Who are you playing? Who are you going to put in midfield for Kerry? Uh, you honestly, you I, are I, presuming the goalie in the backs are staying as is. Yeah, I, I think the backs. Yeah, they're, they're the backs seven are the goalkeeper and seven. That six backs are, are saying the same. One to seven are, are the same. I, I think after his performance last weekend, I think David Moore has to start. Or I thought he was fantastic against Mayo for a fella that has played no league football. I think he might have come on in. I don't think he even played league football. I don't think he even came on in the league final. He only came on as a sub in the Cork game and on the, in the Munster final. And I thought he put in a fantastic performance uh, out in, in against um, against Mayo. Two weeks ago, uh, and for that reason, alone, I think he has to start. Um, I suppose the one query I have over it is who goes alongside him because down through the years, I think in Fitz Morris and I think Peter Kane did as well. Jack Barry just seemed to seem to be the, the fellow to step into midfield and and to try and put a hand on Brian Fenton, and he just seemed to be successful at it. He just seemed to be able to run with him. You now Jack is very athletic; can get around the field, and and I suppose. If you look back over the, the games, you know Jack did very well on on, um, on on Brian Fenton. So it's a question the management have to ask: is do they bring Jack, Bar- Jack Barry in? Is he fit enough to come back into it, um, or do you go with Dermot O'Connor, who, in my view, has been very good for Kerry all year throughout the league mm-hmm. and in the championship, albeit the game against Mayo was his quietest. You know, so I think the benefit out has to go to Dermot. I'm not the kind of a person that likes to go out and stop someone. I just think you go out and play your own game. But again, that's going to be a manager's preference. Um, I think Dermot does more to offer from Dermot. Um, I think David and 
and Brian uh, Finton could have a, a fantastic battle. Um, so I'm going to go with Dermot O'Connor in the middle of the field. Um, I think the inside forward are going to say the same. I think you'll have Paul Clifford, uh, Paddy Clifford Davis, and Paul Ganey. Uh, Sean O'Shea on the fourth day. Um, I'm going to go with Stephen O'Brien in the wing, and I'm going to go with Adrian Splen, again, assuming he's fit. I just think the importance of Adrian Spillane from the point of view of the amount of work he does, the size and the physicality he has. Um, Dublin are an extremely physical team. And I think if Kerry are going to go after kickouts, they want big bodies. If they're going to do a full push, a push on a Dublin kickout, I think they need someone like him that's there. Uh, I just think the work that he has as well is is, is the, the work that he does. Now, my only concern is he's in very little football played. He also didn't play against... Um, Limerick in the, in the Monster final, granted he came on to sub, but that's just a small bit of a concern. But I'd imagine he has been training up to the Neo game, so I'd like to give, give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think just going horses for courses, um, I think that he'll possibly get the wing. But again, you see, I suppose we're not going you're, you're saying Dara Moynihan loses out then? I think Dara loses out, yeah, I do. And look, it's harsh, but I think Dara's been. He's very important to Kerry. He does that role so much, so so good as well from the point of view of the amount of ball he gets on. He, he does the, a <clears> mountain of tackling and, and tracking runners. Do you know, and that, that might be something that Kerry might look at. They might look and say, look, Martin is, is a fellow that takes off up the field here on, on many occasions and you might just get like Zadara to, to, pin, to pin him back, to pin him and pick him up if he breaks rather than having Paul Ganey or, or David Cliff or whoever's marking. I'd imagine Paul. I think he'll take up Paul. And Paul going 70, 80 yards back down the field in the opposite direction and taking him away from goal. So it's something that, again, we need to look at. The other thing is, what way are Dublin going to play? Is Brian Howard going to play wing, wing back, play a sweeper like he did against Daniel Flynn and Kildare? If that's the case, then who are Kerry going to... I get, like, <laughs> it's just so many options. It's just so much to play with. You know, it's, for me, Ty Moore is the plus one with Kerry. If Kianca Kenny's in the party for Dublin... You can't let Kieran through. You can't let him rule the roost on the 40 because he will dictate the game. So that takes away Kerry's option of, of, of Ty being a sweeper. I don't know. Do you play him wing back and, and let him sweep from there and get someone to drop off from Brian Howard sweeps? These are all the things I think that just need to be considered and looked at. But um, yeah, I, look, so, I, I think so, that's the team so, I'm going with. So, uh, so where I think you're choices might come unstuck in what Jack does is I think Jack might put Jack Barry back into midfield and I think he might put Dermot O'Connor to number 10 play him wing forward because I think Adrian Spillane mightn't have enough played and I think it's a toss up and I know we disagreed about this last week but I think there's, it's. I'm not certain that Paulie Clifford will start. I'm not certain I would start him I think Paulie Clifford's a great footballer by the way but I think Paulie Clifford thrown into that game could be really interesting and Polly Clifford struggled, albeit against Lee Keegan, against Mayo in the quarterfinal, and he struggled last year um, against Tyrone in the semi final. And it might just need a change up. Um, yeah, I look, I, I agree with you from the point of view. I think Jack Barry could go midfield and Dermot O'Connor could go to the wing. Um, but again, I'm just, again, you know, back up for legs in the middle of the field. You know, if, if there's an injury or someone is, is, is flagging who you want to bring in there. Joe O'Connor could come in very little experience at this level he's first going to set up in the, in the Kerry jersey this year so yeah look it's a possibility uh, I wouldn't rule it out either it's another possibility um, the Paddy Clifford scenario I would disagree with you I just think he's been excellent for Kerry all year and I think it speaks the fact that Mayo went out 
and put Lee Keegan on him. I think that speaks of where Mayo were coming from, from the point of view of the damage that he does. And I think they went out to stop him, and which Lee Keegan did, in fairness to him. And I think even if you go back to last year's semi-final against Tyrone, um, Connor Myler took him. Connor Myler picked him up. And again, from the point of view of stopping him. And I, I, I'm the firm believer that he is the fellow that supplies the bullets to David inside. I've seen him with his carry their club there, John Dip, with the Fossil the club, but in particular with his carry. The two of them just sing off the same hymn sheet. They just telepathically know what one's doing with the wall. Um, and I think Mayo went out to kind of stifle him and, and to stop party having an influence in the game because I thought he's been very good this year for Terry. So, so where I'm I coming from... It, so I, I just yeah. think that's... I think it was it's actually a mark of respect to how good he's playing that they've put that Mayo off at the put one of their best backs on him. So, so where where I'm coming from on it is I'm I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm looking at it from the point of view that Jack has form in, before big games in as he says himself putting a bomb under a team and moving things around. And I don't think I think he might do that uh, against Dublin, but. There's a second part to this equation, uh, Ushin, um, You're very welcome back from from the holidays. And we, what what we what what Brian has just done there is set out the Kerry team. But I want to ask you, what would you do if that's the Kerry team that's picked? In the sense that, if it is a thing that David Moran is playing midfield um, with either Dermot O'Connor or Jack Barry, it changes things a bit. So who would you who would you play around there? And more to the point, who would you play centre forward? to kind of pull Tyg Morley out from that sweeping role? That's the one where, you know, I've been thinking about it, you know, for some time. If Conor Callan is fit, you know, play him at 11. You know, he's played there before. He's been very, very successful there. Um, and also it frees him up from that inside role. Maybe give him, you know, you could give him 25, 30 minutes at 11 and, and put him inside, you know, depending on, on how things are going. He's also got loads and loads of freedom. So, He's probably allowed to, you know, he's one of those players that'll be allowed to drift in and out wherever he wants. So, I think uh, it would just give Kerry a little bit to think about if you, if you start him at eleven, um, and that sort of that, you know, Morley probably is looking to double team him then maybe a few times, and that leaves a little bit of space inside. Um, as far as the middle of the field, um, I think it's time for Howard to 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 go into the middle of the field. That's my own personal and put McCarthy back in 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 wing back, I th- and the reason for that is that I just think that he's been sort of wasted where he is. I don't think he's having the effect on the games that that he he could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing about Howard is that he is a big big game player, um, and they're going to need big game players. And I think you know if you're talking about playing Jack Barry and hoping that that trick is going to going to keep walking time after time after time. Um, I think there's going to be a day where you know that's that's not going to work in the way you want to work it. And I also think that the Kerry have been building up this thing about you know this is a game about as uh, a team game. It's not the individual thing that we've been playing for the last 150 years. And um, we're going in a different direction. When you really took Paddy Tally down from Tyrone. They're going in a different direction. Simple as that. It's a cultural. There's a cultural shift there, and that, there's no point in uh, saying any different. And uh, when did when they did when they did that? Um, it was a, it was a signal that this is all about team, and this is all about you know us as a team. So um, to make 
start making a raft of changes, not a raft of changes, but even Paul, what you're talking about, you know, taking O'Connor out of the middle of the field, like we don't know if that's going to work, but I actually like him now. I think he gives, he's a perfect foil for, uh, for more and if they're going to play more and but there's no way David Moore can last. I wouldn't give him 60 minutes in the middle of the field. If you get, look at, if you get 50 or 60 good minutes out of him, you'd, you've done well, especially in the form they showed the last day. But, um, he has been found wanting there, you know, on previous occasions, especially against Dublin. So, um, it's a conundrum for them. But I, I think if I was if I was Dublin, I was in Dublin shoes at this stage. I would be I'd be playing with Callum at eleven. I'd be getting hurt into the game more. And if it was Kerry, um, I wouldn't be making too many changes. I'd be saying, "Listen, lads, you know, we've been practicing towards this all year. You know, take Morley secure as our sweeper." Regardless of what happens, we stick to what we know. Uh, get it. The mindset has to be before the game. Listen, you know, Dublin's going to hurt us. They'd hurt any team. They're going to hurt us at the back. We just have to minimise that. And I think if that's the mindset, then you know that's again that's a shift uh, to where they have been in the past. So, um, for anyone who's watching on facebook or youtube or, or twitter or any of other sites i'm going to hold something up here which i think is more or less going to be the dublin team uh, which is a really high-tech way of doing it um which is basically involves i think it'll be evan comerford in goals i think Owen merchant will pick up paul ganey i think mick fitz will pick up david clifford and i think lee gannon will go mm. with paulie clifford i think john small will pick up Sean O'Shea and I actually I'm going to spend most of the most of the match watching that. That's player cam for me. I think that could be that could be absolute um fireworks. I think Brian Howard, I play Brian Howard right half back on Stephen O'Brien and I play Tom Lehiff left half back on whoever's there. I'll play Brian Fenton and James McCarthy midfield and I would say to James McCarthy to take pick up David Morn and to see how that goes. Uh, I think it'll be Scully and Bugler on the wings with a view towards picking up Tom O'Sullivan. I think Scully has to pick up um, uh, Gavin White coming from left half back. I think Bugler's the other side, but they both chase Tom O'Sullivan when he goes. I think Kieran Kilkenny goes centre forward and says to Tyg, uh, Marley, if you want to drop off, that's fine, but I'm going to kick three or four points from this space. I think Conor Callaghan, if he's fit, plays full forward. Paddy Small, one corner, and Dean Rock, the other, with Cormac Costello to come into the forwards and Owen O'Donnell to come into the backs. Oshin. Was you Johnny Cooper on that team? No. Because I think the, the, the natural reaction for, for to Morley is Cooper. That's... So Morley drops off and then Cooper drops off. Yeah. I think that's that's the I think that would be the most natural thing to do and the most natural reaction. I actually think Johnny Cooper's playing well as well. I think I keep him for the last twenty minutes and I keep Carmen Costello for the last twenty minutes because I don't see what that Dublin have a bench. Costello play. There's absolutely no doubt. I, I know I think he's going to play. I'm saying I would hold him for for this game. I think he's better yeah. off the bench. I think he's better off the bench. Possibly but Kevin be harsh on him. Or Brian. I think that's the big one there, sorry, just is how Kerry gonna cope with Overson the party. Because Tyke Morley's always been the plus one. If you are playing Kieran Kikini in the party, Kerry seriously have to think about how they're going to 
contractor because you can't sit off Kieran Kikini because he'll, he'll, he'll kick three or four points. He'll come up the field. He'll dictate the game. The way I look at this is there's about three, of, there's three players and others. So we always kind of say down here, saying I have is don't let the opposition's big team players beat you. Don't let Conor Callaghan, Kieran Kikini and Brian Finton dictate the game. Don't let, uh, yeah. don't give away needless freeze and have Dean Rock kicking eight, nine freeze and making things easy for them. If you can limit those three big players in Khan, Kieran, Kikini, and, and Brian Finton, and if Niles Scully and Cormac Coslow or Paddy Small or Brian Howard or James McCarthy can come up and they can kick 10 or 12 points between them, you hold your hands up and stay right. We're fair play to you. But you can't run around and stand off Kieran Kilkenny alone and kick three or four points, dictate the game, can't kicking four or five points, you know, scoring one, two, one, three. I think Kerry have to go after those three big players, I think, and take their chances that the other fellas aren't going to kick another 10, 12 points. I think that's the big one for Kerry. I think that to go after their big players, see if they can stop them and hope that the other fellas don't fire. I want to I, talk I, about the well, sorry, Kevin. No, okay, I did a few matchups done, and I just on that one, I think I would be putting Tom Sullivan on on, on, on Kilkenny and, and I would go after him. Possibly, I think um, so. And put him, put him on the back foot. Absolutely, and uh, take him back the field. I think Tom maybe kicked three points the last day. Um, I would put him down the back foot. I go after him all day uh, yeah. with 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 Tom. Um, I would play David Morton. David Morton was my man. The match even 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 uh, the stadium. I thought he was superb on the day. I'm not so sure. I know you mentioned 50 minutes. I think it's more there. He might be fresh. I don't know. Uh, I think I look at O'Connor midfield on Finton. I reach uh, there's three or four matchups, and they need to be put put together. I think the one with Clifford himself, um, that's a kind of a double team job in my opinion. Uh, that, like one v one with him will not be left. I, I'd expect him to open side. Uh, I'd expect that they have a sweeper there. They go to sweepers anyway. But I will say there's one question over over carrying the sweeper. You mentioned Morley a lot of times. From what I can see, the sweeper still isn't playing the right game for Kerry. He's getting back all right. But, you know, there's a golden rule I'd have myself is if the ball is more than one kick away, you're managing, marking the space in front of the guy. If it's less than one kick away, you're right back tight on top of the danger man. So for me, they're just, they're back there. They're moving around. They're getting ready to double team. But there's a bit of work to do on that sweeper as far as I'm concerned. Um, but that's a few matchups I think, I think I'd be looking at. I agree with that, Kevin. Would you, would, you play, would you play Jack Barry, though? Would you play Jack Barry? Would you? Would you, would you, you know, I'd, Jack Barry? I'd say the only the only thing is that, um, like he has he has done it in the past, but I, I don't know how fit Jack Barry is. You know, I mean, you can always take him in again, and uh, but you know, how much are you going to move that carry team around? Um, do you need to move it around? Um, you know, I'm not sure. And back to, and go back to Cooper. I think I would play Cooper, and I think I put put him after Potty Clifford all day, and because I do agree with Potty Clifford, uh, for me. He gets so much attention. I think he's leaving other people open. I know he didn't play that well the last day, but Keegan was taking over the game. We all say he was taking over the game. So was Keegan. So I, I, I play him, and, and but I, I think the likes of Cooper, if you're playing Cooper, maybe go after him for maybe he'd be 50 minutes. I don't know, but uh, someone needs to give him close attention. If if we talk about big players, um, we, we have to acknowledge while not talking about the specifics of it that there is a strong word that Conor Callahan isn't going to play. And that creates a big problem for the Dublin forwards. And I, and I wonder whether that doesn't mean Kieran Kilkenny actually will go inside or just it means Conor Cormacostle does actually start uh, in, in the team that was selected. They're a full forward. But I want to talk for a minute 
Kevin, and I want to ask you straight out, if you were picking a team to play a championship match next weekend and you had a choice between having in your team Conor Callaghan and David Clifford, who would you pick? And you cannot say I want both of them. <laughs> that one. Or you can't say nay, though. Must be good if you know something I, I'm going to answer this with you it's not a political answer either in Sunday's game if Conor Callan was missing or David Clifford was missing I think Conor Callan is the biggest loss and I'm saying that on the back of what's around the teams I don't believe I watched Dublin against Cork. They don't seem to have any... Now hold football. on, Kevin. I'm asking you a different question. I'm asking you to pick your team and I'm asking you which footballer for a match next Sunday would you prefer to have in your team? I'm getting on to, I'm getting on to that, Paul. I have to get, <laughs> I have to, get to the name. <laughs> Very I, political answer, Kevin. Yeah, okay. I'm getting there, right? But I will be saying to you on next Sunday, and I will get to it, if Conor Callan's missing, I'm going back to the Cork game, I'm going back to Dublin games, I'm going back to Dublin's league form, Right? And James McCarthy, we say, I take them as, 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 as a double act for a minute. You know, that for me was where Dublin starts to play again when the boys get back on the field. And I think next Sunday, if Conor Callan is missing, I'll be honest with you, I'm giving Dublin no chance. The only chance I give them is they have a six-point start because of Crow Park itself. That's another issue. But <laughs> what I'm saying to you is this. Um, I don't believe the cutting edge is there. I didn't see it against Cork. Uh, 21 points was okay. Um I just didn't see the goal threat. And Conor Callan is a guy who will just turn, take you on. He bulldozes. He's low centre of gravity. He's nearly impossible to mark uh, when he's playing the full forward position. I do think he'd do more damage than Clifford. If Clifford has his own defence around him, I saw him in the, in the, in the Sigerson final as well, albeit the weather wasn't great. But we've had him there in 2018. If he's double teamed, he tends to loop out around where Conor Callan will go straight through you. So for now on form, if you want to be to answer the question, I'm going to say Conor, Conor Callan. Brian, this is like a question of picking one of the Kardashians. It's it's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, explain to Paul who they are. Will you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who did they play with? The fullback um, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I um I, I agree with Kevin. I I I think if Con is missing for Dublin, I think. Curry have a fantastic chance. I think he's more of a loss to Dublin um, than what probably David would be to Kerry, and that's not to say that he wouldn't be a loss to Kerry. He, he absolutely would. But as, as Kevin said, if you go back and watch the kill there again, which was Dublin's best performance all year, it was because he was at the focal point, at the top of the D. Everything went through him. He won ball, slipped people, runners coming off him, torn tick on his man, won freeze. Um, he, he's the focal point of that open team. Um, look, I, I, I let's get I it. Let's it. just spit it out now, Brian. Let's just spit it out here. Which who are you picking? Come here. Come here. I, have to, I, have to live, I have to live down here in Kerry Pods. So, I mean, what if I turn around <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to walk down the street if I pick on honestly? I I think because Khan has done what he's done, he's done us in the big days in Crow Park. He's won all Ireland's with Dublin. I think you're going to have to back on. But I think that's all. The, that's the only monkey David has to get off his back. He has to win the all Ireland. If, if David wins the all Ireland, I think he can be in the same class, that same category. He can be up there. He already is up there. But I just think he has to win that all Ireland with Kerry. And 
I suppose, win the order on a four carry and that kind of is in a frame or in that in that context. So I, I think going off what's there, you're probably saying con, but I can't say con because I can't walk down the street here while if I say things. So. I think what puts this into stark perspective is that David Clifford gave an interview earlier in the year in which he named only one person as having influenced his kicking style and it was you. Uh, he talked about a session you gave in Fossa, and I mean the caucus that's a long, that's a, that's that's a long time here. ago. That's a long time. That's a long yeah, time he ago. He talked about it. Talked about it. And, uh, it's the only person. It's the only. He, 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 it's the only person he he mentioned. So you've abstained, uh, is what I can gather from that, and I understand why. Oshin. I'm totally confused now, Paul. After the two politicians have answered, I just. I know. Listen, you, listen. Can you just actually exact, give me a name? Will you give me easier? the exact. Will you give me the exact question again? Please. I'm asking you, you're in charge of a team playing a championship match next Sunday. You have to pick one or the other, and I'm asking you which you're picking. It's a really simple question. Right. The lads got confused. That's actually different to the, to the question you asked originally. But anyway, I'm, I'm not it's getting, absolutely not. I'm not getting contrary over it. Um, <laughs> that's, a really good, that's a really good point about you know the how important those two players are to their individual teams this weekend. <laughs> And there's no doubt that Conor Callan, I think, is more important that he plays this weekend. But if you're asking me which one would I like to see a rave up with their kit bag and me to get an opportunity to manage them, uh, Clifford. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, isn't it? They're they're both, like, Con is 26 or so and David Clifford is 23. So Con was Young Footballer of the Year in 2017. And David Clifford was young footballer of the year in 2018. And it feels like he's been around for quite a while and he's really learned very publicly. Whereas Khan was in around the panel in 2016, but never saw kind of game time when it really mattered. 2017, he was young footballer in the year. But, and although he did score a goal off Colin Boyle early in that 2017 final, Colin Boyle did a magnificent job on him for the rest of the game. And Conor Callum was taken off. And then after that, he just got physically impossible to manage and really direct and they're obviously not the type exactly the same type of player and i love that dave uh i love that david clifford interview when he was asked to reference his favorite sports star for sports star, and he picked ronnie o'sullivan i thought that was a really he told joe malay was ronnie o'sullivan and i thought do you know what that's a that's a really interesting statement because there's a flamboyance and an artistry around that a bit of a maverick about that, that you know you can see that in david clifford in how he plays. That's not to say David Clifford isn't ruthless as well, but I can't imagine Conor Callaghan saying that Ronnie O'Sullivan is his, is his, is his favourite player. It, it seems a pity that we may be denied that matchup on on Sunday. And I'm going to come back in a while and ask you who you think is going to win. But I want to turn for a minute to the other semi-final. Galway, Kevin, there's a sense from talking to people in Galway that they can smell an All-Ireland here. Um, I'd be honest, Paul, they're taking it game by game. Uh, that's the truth, because I suppose they're coming from Division 2, coming from, let's say, a year or two ago where there's a few bad beatings. So it's game by game, to be honest, but there is certainly a bit of a buzz now that, that, that I suppose, Crow Park, one in Crow Park, into an Ireland semi-final. Uh, that was only the second time, I think, since 2001. So there, there's obviously a bit of buzz, and a lot of young young guys who would have done well underage coming through. So a bit of buzz there. Um, at the same time, um, there's no massive expectation. Like they're not going to be, they're not going to be kept down by expectation. Like, for example, is Kerry of mass or 
really expect to win Sunday. Or we are in with a real great chance, but you know, they're not going to be roaring and shouting if once they perform fairly well and for the future. But um look at I suppose it's the experience, God, we have definitely more experience than Derry. Um they've been around the block and they've been division one for a few years now. Derry are still in division two. Um albeit they went down to division two for one year but got back straight up. I suppose the other side of it is Derry, the opposition they've beaten are nearly all division <clears> one sides <throat> in the championship where God we've beaten Ross Common, who have come up and they've only beaten me off in division one. So it's a really, really difficult one. I said it the last time with you, but I'm, uh, it's a really difficult one to call. But I do, you know, but I, would, I do think that Derry are going to be a lot harder to break down than Arma. Um, so there'll be a lot of patience required. And I'd say the Derry full backline, they'd come from all sides on, on the quick break as well. They look to be very, very fit and they're all given the, the, the license to, to, to go. So how will that suit the likes of Galway's inside line, Shane Welch, Tim and Comer? That we spoke about Kieran Kilkenny early on. You know, but the fact that their men are going up the field, who are they going to swap? Are they going to follow them? Are they going to try and stop them? Will they gas out? And now, and then, uh, you know, your two or three best forwards up front, are they kind of looking for air? So it's a huge one. Um, and they're going to have to, you know, Dirty will sit back and get their breaks. And again, what's vital for Galway is that they don't go behind. Because if you go behind at half time and three or four points behind, Derry seem to have a system set up that they're quite happy to sit back and protect it and hit you on the counter. So, you know, Derry have 10 goals in the last five matches. To, to a game, so it's really important that Galway don't let it go quite early and stay in the game really. How do you see it, Austin? Who, who, who are you putting on? If if we take Galway's, I think, four top forwards, Walsh, Comer, um, Finnerty and Tierney, who's picking up who? I think Rogers will go to Comer. I think uh, McKeague will pick up Walsh. Um, McCluskey will pick up Finnerty. And who's McKinless, the last one? McKinless, will McKinless stay centre-back on Tierney or will he go midfield? Mm, he'll probably stay centre-back. Um, the, the, the one the one that, that sort of, I suppose, would if you were a Galway supporter, um, the one that would keep you awake would be the last ball that Sheehan Walsh kicked away. And I think that the, the, he wasn't even under... An unbelievable amount of pressure. He could definitely recycle it. I think you know that sort of. Uh, you know, Kevin talks about patience. It's like ultra patience. It's like patience to you know on a, on a completely different level than they would have um, experienced before. I think even you know um, it's fairly watered down dairy that they played in the league, not personnel wise, but just um, the way they, they played tired. that day. Flat. <clears throat> yeah. They did actually. They looked out in their feet that day from early on, but um, Derry looked to me to be so well conditioned, so attuned and happy with the way they're playing. Um, all over the pitch, they seem to know what their what their job is. Um, I just think that they're gonna like Walsh and Comer and Finnerty and Tierney. They're they're gonna find themselves, you know, um, very very frustrated, and it's. It's going into the game with the mentality to say, listen, this is going to happen to me time after time. I'm going to have to keep recycling it, but there is going to be an opportunity. I am going to get an opportunity, but I have to pick and choose which is the right one. That's crucial against these boys because Derry get a lot, a lot of energy from, uh, you know, from wide, from teams kicking wide, from positions that they want to kick them to kick from. 
Um, and and the strange thing is that even seen against Clare, you can get in behind them at times. You just have to be very very patient. You have to pick and prod and probe, uh, and uh, and that takes. It's unbelievable for for a forward playing in that situation because I I see there's two types of forwards who play in that situation. There's the first forward who thinks right. I'm not getting as many touches as, as I normally get in the areas that I normally get them in. So when I do get that touch, I have to do something unbelievable. And to try to do something unbelievable, and that and that mightn't come off, and it leads to frustration. And the frustration builds and builds and builds. And then there's the other forward who just who pops it, gives it, goes, mightn't get it back, but just to continue that movement. And they play themselves into the game, and then they'll wait for that opportunity or those two three four opportunities get them as into the game and then they're in tune they're not trying to do something difficult the defense realizes whoa this boy you know he doesn't want to go at me every time uh, he has the ball he doesn't want to do the things that you know that my notes says that he will do what he wants to do is he wants to play himself into the game and uh, i know it's an all earned semi-final so i don't mean playing yourself into the game as in if the opportunity um, a raise that you don't go at somebody, but I do think it takes it's a it's a big shift in mindset when you consider the teams that Galway have played against so far, because I do think that Derry will unapologetically sit in and sit in and sit in and play on the break because um, they'll be af- they'll be afraid and rightly so of that of that uh, of that Galway forward line. Um, and what Galway can bring from the middle of the field after the last day as well. So, um, and what they but, did in uh, Owen Beg in the league, which yeah, with those three exactly. goals before half. Although, like we have to say that Galway played with a storm in that mm. first half. And actually, I wonder is there there must be a study from the league matches of the impact of playing with the wind in the first half had on on the outcomes of games and teams being being being, being ripped. It's apart. been done. It's been done. It's huge. It's been done. It's huge. It's yeah. 80 percent, something like that. It's such it's a big thing to get a lead. Yeah, and yeah, Kevin, can I ask you? Actually, I just want to ask a question uh, very quickly about Shane Walsh. When you when you coach Galway, how did you go about coaching Shane Walsh, or did you just leave him off to into large measure? Well, look at uh, Shane. I'm, I'm sure there's another fellow that would probably like Ryan O'Sullivan. So you need to leave him at his own stuff. He, he, like he, look at it. In my mind, he's probably the most skillful player in Ireland. You know, he, and that's not because he's from Galway. But again, it's about this other stuff that Eugene's, you know, that, that kicking that ball away. And I think one happened in the first half as well. It's about when you come under pressure, how to stay calm. So look at Shane loves his football. Shane never leaves the football down. He just football, football, football. And he's so skillful. You do not, you certainly don't want to take any of that entrepreneurship out of him because he has that. He he can make things happen. But I suppose the challenge for him and for, and for all Galway, and now it's going to be a bigger challenge for him more than anybody else. Because Eugene has mentioned, or um, Oshin has mentioned the different type of forwards. But if Shane is starved of ball or is brought down the sidelines all day and it's not happening, he needs to have the patience to be a team player to make sure that ball isn't kicked away stupidly or hoofed because he needs to be getting into it and just take the punishment on the day. And I would say, like, if they are, if Derry are set up like that, I'd be pulling out my full forward, corner forwards, all outside the defensive line. Because the mistake our man made was when Galway were well set up, they tried to, you know, these little dinky balls through to the to the full forward when Galway had three or four people back there. They gave away the ball three or four times before half time and Galway hit the counter-attack. So the more the way you break that down is to get as many people as you can outside the first defensive line 
and bring one, two, three runners, one or two seconds apart in the one area. Just coach them to come in the one area. Because runners coming from all over the place ends up coming in the middle where the sweeper is. So what you need to do is two or three sweepers coming in on the one side, overload, two or three seconds apart, and all of a sudden, no one knows who's marking who. And you will actually eventually push back the defensive line. So like, it's going to take something like that to break down that dairy, that dairy defense because what you can't be doing is, I'm a great footballer, I have to take a shot here. You can't be doing that because they have the pace. It's their corner, their corner back there and Rogers coming forward. They're the full back line, but they're, they're deadly dangerous. So it's just, it's, they're going to need patience and they're going to need, like I, I watched Galway and Clare the week before the dirty match in June. It was one, two a piece at halftime, mm-hmm. right? Galway scored three, nine or three, eight against Terry in the first half. Wind or no wind? I suppose the question that time was, where were Derry that day? Regardless of, maybe Galway were very good, but there's no way that Derry side would be conceding 3-9 in one half, regardless of wind or not. So I'd be totally getting rid of that game from, from, my, from my head. That game couldn't have been the value of both teams. So, But again, who would learn the most? Obviously, the Derry keeper struggled that day, but the Galway keeper struggled last week. So is there going to be target men in early? Is there going to be high balls in? And again, you have to be careful that you don't keep kicking away stupid possession because... All of a sudden, taking a quick in for Derry, he likes the little, little pop ball in and he, he can do a lot of damage. But are you going to go after the goalie now? So there's loads of what ifs. And uh, I probably got off the point you asked me about, um, uh, Paul. But No, 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 I, I, I take that. I was, I was just, when Kevin was talking there, Brian, I was just thinking about the setup of teams and players being, being left out. And, and, I don't want to ask this as a pointed question to you, but uh, well, maybe I do. But but <laughs> what what there's players going to lose out here with marginal calls for team selection to fit the pattern of certain matches, or because the manager thinks someone else is in better form, or the manager's face fits, and like to to be blunt about it, what's it like to be left out of of a team selection for for a big game, a semi final, or, or 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 a final? Yeah, it's, it's difficult, but you know, cause it all depends on, on where you're coming from. I suppose you know, sometimes you're coming from from injury and you haven't played much football. You just you know you your expectations are that you're obviously not going to be in the setup. But um, you know, if, if you're on the team or if you're being dropped for whatever reason, be it the manager decides somebody else is in better form or we're going a different route today. You, you just you know, it's it's hard. It, it's it's difficult. It's um, it's not easy. I suppose all the sacrifice all the effort you make um, and you're losing out in, in, in the big day inside in Crow Park, it's, it's difficult. But look, as I say, it, it's a team game. You just have to, you can bitch and moan about it at home to yourself or to your parents or to your missus or your family. But once you come back in training on Thursday night, it's it's put to bed and you're just focusing on, on what needs to be done. You're focusing on yourself. Uh, you're focusing on the job behind you. You're going to have a fair idea of where you're going to come in. Depending on where you're playing in the, the half back midfield, you know, you're picturing where you are, and you just, you just, you know, you just, you just suck it up. And that's all you have to do. When you, you were left off up. by, when you were left off by Eamon or or by Eamon Fitzmaurice or by Jack at at any stage, uh, how did it happen, or how did you deal with it? It just like it was. Um, I know. I think I was was a captain in 2016. I think, and we were after playing the. Just a long campaign. We won the All Ireland Club Intermediate and came straight back, straight back into the Kerry setup and played all the league and played all the Munster Championship. And uh, all of a sudden, I just kind of hit a bit of a wall coming into the Clare game. I think in the All Ireland quarter final, I just couldn't pick the gear up. Now I think 
Kerry, I was going to say, once we get into Crow Park, training goes up a notch and things go up. And I just found it hard to get that kick. So, yeah, Eamon kind of said, look, take the week off training before the game and come in towards the nice and, you know, we'll leave you off for the clear game. And fingers crossed. And I think we had Dublin in the semi-final all going well. So he said, look, I, I want you right for that. So that was fine, accepted as it was. Got 15 minutes against Clare and all of a sudden Dublin again come round and you find yourself sitting inside and again, because disappointing having played all year, but you just have to accept it. You know, you can't go throwing the ties over the pram. It's, it's it's a difficult one. It's hard to take, but um, look, you can have a pitch in the morning with, with the manager in private, but that's that's just, that's the rest of the goals. You're not going to change his mind. And um, you just have to accept this. And uh, the big thing for you is just to get your own head right. You know I mean, right. I still would, I still went off practicing my freeze on the Friday night beforehand. I still did the normal routine. You know what I mean? And I just, you just had a different focus when you're coming into the game. You're coming in, you're trying to watch how the game's progressing, trying to pick up something in the game. And and um, I suppose, in fairness, Eamon had a very good saying with our subs coming in. He goes, when you come in, fit in. Don't try and come in and, you know, it's not as if you have to come in and kick four points and say, you know, there you go now, I'm after proving you wrong. That's not what it's about. It's about, you know, subs aren't there to come in and trying to prove a point to manager. You're, you're coming in to fit in keep the system play going. Obviously, if you can add a bit more to that, fresh legs and add another thing, great, but the whole thing is to come in and do your job and not try to be the, have a personal vendetta that you have to prove someone wrong. But um, yeah, look, it's, it's it's difficult, but I think everyone that's, you have to experience that and everyone has experienced it, so you just get on with it. Yeah, I want, I want to turn to the other matches in the weekend, but uh, like, let's just call this match now. Oshin, are these matches now, our predictions for the weekend Dublin Kerry. Impossible. Impossible to call it. <clears throat> uh, uh, it probably comes down to Conal Callan. Conal Callan has said, I think Dublin can win. If uh, if not, I think can't see Kerry not winning. So am I allowed? Is that going to be allowed? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Brian? Yeah, I, I think it's the exact same as Oshin. I think if Khan is playing, it's a massive, massive plus for Dublin and they will be extremely hard to beat. Um, but look, I, again, I think it's no or nothing for Kerry. As I said, this is Kerry's all learning final from the point of view they have to treat this game as an all learning final. We've lost to Dublin uh, every year we've played them since 2009. I think it's a must win game for Kerry. So I think they have to go out. Um, and I think, look, they've been gearing themselves for this game, I think, again, without being disrespectful to any other teams in the Monster Championship. Um, this game was always the game in the back of the mind that they were aiming for, so I'm going to go with Kerry. Kevin? I think if Conor Callaghan is is playing, I fancy Kerry slightly. And if Conor, if Conor isn't playing, I fancy the big time. Okay, that's that's very clear. I think Dublin will win. Um, Oshin, uh, Derry against Armagh. Oh, there you again. So, oh, sorry. Oh, no. Well, I'll never be left. Forget this one. <laughs> yeah. You look like a man who's been stabbed in the forehead. Two, two weeks therapy. All gone out the window. <laughs> that wasn't delivered, I promise. Uh, Oshin. That's hard. Galway against Derry. Take two. Um... <laughs> Uh, tough. I, lo- I like I like um, 
I like Derry's matchups, but I, I, I just like Galway as well. Um, maybe go right to the wire, maybe Galway on penalties. Okay, Brian. Uh, I, I actually think this is going to be a cracking game. I, I'm not saying I'm not looking forward to Kerry Dublin, but if you're going off form over the last uh, the last few games in the championship, both teams have had, it's hard to see how Kerry and Dublin are going to have a, a shoot lights out. These guys, they do. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're just waiting for each other all year. But I, I genuinely think that the, the Galway Derby game is going to be a cracking game. Just going back to what we were talking about before, yeah. and I think that the Galway forwards, and we spoke about patience, I think they showed an awful lot of patience against Armagh. I think there was times where they really had to recycle the ball. They recycled the ball from sideline to sideline. No one went into traffic and no one put their head down and tried to go solo. No one had any outrageous attempts from scores. And I thought, I think that has really stands them going to the game the weekend. And I also think they just have more firepower. Um, you know, again, I think it's only so much that you can do to try and stop uh, Damon Comer, Shane Walsh. But if we look at the scoring power that God we've had from the middle of the field right up, they've kicked fantastic scores all year, big scores. And I just think there's a better array of kicking in the Galway team um, than in the Derry team. Likewise, I just think as well with, with regards to, to Galway, um, the big thing I think is we're on about turnovers here with Derry. Derry drive off turnovers. Derry drive drive off um, dis, in discipline, shooting from from crazy angles or you know trying the eye the needle pass. And I think the big thing that, that Galway have to hear is kill the ball. As much as you say that Derry feed off of um, people kicking from bad areas, yes, but the worst thing you could do is drop the ball short or turn the ball over and catch it yeah. counter attack. At least you killed the ball, the ball's dead. You're facing the kick out, you have a chance to squeeze on it, and it's it's you know it's 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 not the worst case scenario. But going back to the question, I, I think Galway, I think it'll be a cracking game. Um it'll be very little in it, but I Galway maybe one or two points. Kevin. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Galway, Paul. Um the, you know, the matchups for me, I suppose the three or four matchups that's vital that, 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 that should sway it. But Paul Conray with, with Connor Glass in the midfield is gonna be a big one, providing they take each other each other up. Uh, you've mentioned McKeague and Walsh. That's going to be crucial. Uh, two boys and Rogers and Comer. They're are huge. And then go to the far side of Sean Kelly and probably take up McGuigan. So them four matchups for me are the are the are the big ones over the weekend. Uh, whoever gets the best of that will probably have a, a great a great chance. Um, I just Derry played a lot of Division One sides. Galway's only played Mayo Division One. Um, Galway's more experienced in Crow Park than Derry. I, that's going to, I'm going to edge towards Galway in this one. Yeah, I, I, I would edge towards Galway as well. I think they have a better spread of forwards. What I will say though is that uh, Derry are brilliant at bringing the ball up in the back. They're brilliant carriers of the ball and if they get the overlap, if the Galway forwards do not track and Harry relentlessly, they're going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be exposed on it. And you know, Paul, there's one, there's one, there's one kind of an unsung hero there for Galway and we, we kind of seem to miss him a lot. It's Johnny Heaney. You know, oh, yeah. he pops up with goals, big goals every single match. And go back to the man when he was there again for it, and just has this knack of working really, really hard up and down the lines and nothing flashy. He's probably your Stephen Hendry, you know what I mean? Whereas you've got a few money there. And I think to start a snooker podcast. And I think um, <laughs> Stephen Stephen's really been hard to run. Yeah, don't sing. <laughs> So Stephen's rated a bit higher than Ronnie in the overall thing. So we have to be careful we don't under, underestimate those other guys. It does the hard shift. 
We we I, I want to talk about the Talchin Cup game in a minute, but first of all, um, before we do that, I just want to talk a little bit about management and things that are happening in 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 management at the moment. And um, Kevin, I uh, I was talking to a Mayo man yesterday, and I I actually I, I nearly fell off the chair when I was talking to him. I asked him who he thought the next Mayo manager was going to be, and he said, uh, "Well." I know who it should be, and it should be Kevin Walsh. Would that be a job you'd be interested in? He's number, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a come and get me play? <laughs> He's a spot at the minute. At the minute, though, I, 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 I keep saying I'm taking a, I'm taking a break from it. I've taken about three years now, and I still need another year. So, I know. Look, the, the, the merry-go-round will go on now for a while. We'll not talk over the summer, but to be honest, at the minute, I'm, I'm not looking for anything. Um, I'm quite happy where I am. I'm going to sit quiet for a while. Well, well, I'll come at it slightly differently. Would you would you be interested in principle, in theory, of, of doing it? Would you have an objection to managing Mayo? You don't give them to, to anybody, but I suppose if you cross the border and come back in again, there could be a few snipers out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I look at it. Have you, you moved across? <laughs> when you get to um you know when you get to a point where 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 you're deep deep involved in coaching and you like to just bring something to a level that you think it could come to leaving everything else aside like me always produce footballers and they always produce uh people who want to play for the county and they don't have too many distractions it's an ideal county in a way to 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 coach because they just live and die for, for, for Gaelic football. And the supporters, to be fair, you know, after some poor performances, they're out again in numbers the following day. They're not just staying away and, and, and mountain. So as as it regards a county that would be good to manage, you'd have to say that Mayo would, would be right up there because just they live and die for it. I'm actually feeling emotional listening to that, Kevin. That's that was that was very warm. Um speaking of crossing the border, Oshin, are you crossing the border from Armagh? into Monaghan to take over from um, Banty. We do it on a regular basis because I'm managing obviously a club up there, but I have no interest in managing Monaghan at the county level. Why, I, is, I, why is that exactly? E is it specifically Monaghan or the entire, the no. entire uh, enterprise? No, I don't, no, I don't want to alienate everybody up there and not be allowed across the border. And that's just not something that it's just not something I see fitting at the minute. Um, it's just too much. There's just too much going on, and I think in the county management, like I've obviously I've, I've done club, um, college. Um, I've obviously dipped my toe in this year with the twenties in Armagh, and no, it's very all-consuming. And I think that inter-county management is another couple of notches up from that. So that's why this moment in time, it doesn't it doesn't really fit. And I don't f fancy at this stage having that conversation with the wife. Um, and ex <laughs> I'm trying to explain to her that instead of being out of the house six days a week, we're going to be out of the house seven. So, uh, yeah, no, it's just something that at this stage doesn't really fit. Doesn't, I can't see it fitting. And that's the only reason. And um, and Monon wouldn't want Monon wouldn't want me anyhow. But uh, regardless of that, I, I I it wouldn't be for me right now. And in in the context of of difficult conversations, uh, Brian, have you gone back training for your club yet? 
No, I haven't. <laughs> Still trying to find the time to uh, to to get back into. So it's either give up the golf and go back to football. So I'm sick with the golf at the moment. Can you see yourself managing? I don't know, Crawford. To be honest, look, sure. I, I'm I'm still playing up until last December. I was still playing football. I every intention of going back playing football. Um, this year, but just two young kids, a newborn, ten month older, a year old now. At the end of this month, and a four year old working commitments. I don't you know. I just find it hard to even play football. Um, the winter management, I, 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 geez, I don't know. I've never done. It hasn't done me in that year of my career yet. To be honest, to even thinking about it. Um, if I was doing anything, I'd like to probably go into coaching during the duration of the club and just, you know, just getting the fundamentals right. Um, I just see a lot of people that are underage. People that are not having the full basics of the understanding of football, number one, and probably two, the skill set. I just think it's it's after dropping from, I suppose, how I was brought up with it in training. So something I'd like to maybe step into is to the the underage, under 10, under 12, and start getting just the basics of, of football and the understanding of why we do such a thing or way to understand the game a bit more so it's something i might go into in a couple of years time when my small ones kind of come to that age but other than that no i've no no offer at the moment um for, for the remainder of the show i'd like to talk about the cavan westmead talchin cup final Oshin, do you think this competition has been a success i suppose it, it, it has and i think the reason why it's been a success is because i think um, ninety-nine percent of the counties have embraced it, and I think that was the big challenge for the Talchin Cup for me. Um, and I think the bigger teams have embraced it that little bit more. And I think uh, Cavan, for me, going into it, were the standout team, um, <clears throat> probably followed by maybe yourselves and Westmead. And I think uh, I've liked Westmead for a number of years now. Um, I like the way they're going about things. Um, I, I think that. They are well set up. I think they have their limitations too, and that's why they're playing the Talch Cup. I thought there was a, there was a stage where they definitely could have got to the maybe the upper level of Division Two, um, something like that. Stability in Division Two, I thought was was about par for them, but they probably just haven't kicked on in that same way. They're probably lacking one or two up front, but um, I think I think. As far as the Touching Cup, yeah, I think it uh, has been um, a success. Not a resounding success or anything like that there. I still think there's a little bit of work to be done with it. And I think I think that, that you know, it's it's easier to do it now that you've seen it, you know, in actual progress and the way it's worked. And I think there's a couple of tweaks that need to happen. But, yeah, I think it's it's been embraced. I think it's it's been a success. And I think, you know, I said at the start of Calvin, uh, embraces keep the players um, and approach it in the right way to win us, and I don't, I don't, uh, I think that's going to be the case. It's it's interesting the way they've organised the final before a senior semi final. I wonder whether drawn on the lesson from last weekend of the awfully Tipperary minor hurling match where it was twenty seven thousand people in Nolan Park. I wonder whether while holding on to the idea of playing both semi finals in Croke Park, it wouldn't be an idea to have this game as a standalone final, not necessarily in Croke Park because it might get swallowed in terms of atmosphere, but in a different venue. How would you feel about that? Agreed. I think that's exactly what should have happened. Um, and I think, you know, you used the example last week of a minor final, but just, I think, you know, uh, Calvin Westmead and somewhere that might be more um, 
agreeable for both teams or even maybe a toss for venue or something like that. But uh, but yeah, I think that's probably the route that it's going to have to go down um, eventually. Who, who do you see winning it? Yeah, I think Calvin. I think Calvin are good enough. I think, like, I know the struggle against Lego the last day, but I just thought that Calvin were a good bit off at the last day. So um, I think they'll go back to a lot of, of um, the way they played in Ulster, especially against Donegal, and I think that'll be enough to get them the win. How just do you going, see it going, Brian? Um, just sorry, just before I answer that, uh, Paul, I just go back on the, the, the Talent Cup and just query there. I just think the whole thing about where this took off was because the, the idea was they wanted to get these teams on, into the big occasion, get them into the into Crow Park and let them experience Crow Park. Um, I, I know, look, it's, it's a hard one to call and I 100% understand what it's like playing inside Crow Park where it's half empty and you're able to hear yourself talk inside or on the field of players. Like a half full of Crow Park is, is more or less empty and it can be difficult. But I still believe there's going to be a full house next Saturday evening. And I think this is what their players want. We want to give players the opportunity to go to Crow Park in a full house and let them experience that. So um, I, I think it's been a success. The other small change I would probably think I would make in this is the the, the start of the draws, north out. I think it was an opportunity to open up the draws because there's been a lot of talk about how we're going to do the, the championships at senior level from the point of view of Open draws, provincial championships being being poor. I just thought it was an opportunity to open the whole thing up and just again let these counties experience playing different counties in, in provincial rather than having the same setup and same teams playing each other like a provincial championship and all of a sudden they're playing them again in the Talent Cup. I just thought it was an opportunity to maybe slightly give them a different perspective on it. Uh going back to the game, I answered in Kevin. I think they're right being right. I don't think Kevin probably should be in the Talent Cup. I think they're a good enough team to contest. Um uh, to be in, in, in the contestants of San Maguire. Um they were the far better team against Sligo and in, in, to be honest in the semi-final although Sligo just kept hanging on there kept hanging on there um, they've got some big game players in Garod McKiernan Damas Gallen Paddy Lynch I toss when they were needed in, in Sligo game with Sligo start pinning him back and pinning him back these fellas stood up and and especially Garod McKiernan I think every time the, the, the score and came back to within Touching distance, even up the field and kick the point or score the point or one of three. So um I just think they have too much I think they have too much for Westmeath. I think they're too reliant on John Heslin. Um and I think unless Westmeath get a, a grip hold of the game around the middle of the field and they have a a lot of ball going to him, might be a different story, but I can't see it happening. I just think Kevin will have too much. Kevin. Yeah, I'd have called Kevin a long way out. I mean, like like Brian, I, I couldn't see them in actually being in this cup in the first place. And mm-hmm. But they're there, and uh, they've embraced it. Um, but I have to say, from looking at the semi-finals last last week, I'm actually aging towards Westmead to win it. Um, I wasn't overly impressed with 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 with, with Cavan. I know they, they said Sligo held on, but Sligo had five or six goal chances as well. I know they had as well. But it was a wide open game. But look at I I I, I think the the competition will be interesting to see from one or two of the teams that got knocked out a bit earlier in the Talisha Cup to see. Were they a bit fed up after it or what they were like? I think the two teams that get to the final will obviously love it. And they'll tell you tomorrow morning that they'll embrace it. They have embraced it. But I'd love to see what's the middle teams that maybe got knocked out earlier, what their feeling was on it. Because you're going to need all those teams, like Leitrim, Loud, all those teams. You're going to need them to have a good tournament next year. So I think it's good to have it. I think it's 
there's nothing to be gained by beating by 15, 20 points. I really don't think there's much being gained by that. So it's good, it's good to have it there. But I'm going to actually give a, a slight edge to Westmead. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think Westmead are going to, I think Westmead are going to shade it. So this weekend, it's such a, it's such a brilliant weekend for football. A brilliant weekend to look forward to, and it's also a fact that there are tickets still on sale for both matches. Neither matches uh, is so far a sellout, which is quite stunning. You can go on and uh, buy tickets for the Dublin Kerry match. And I think there's something really, really interesting happening here. And you alluded to it earlier, Kevin, about uh, the advantage that Dublin have for playing in Crow Park to some extent. And one of those advantages has been the weight of crowd behind them. And one of the most noticeable things this year is the drop in support for the Dublin senior footballers and the drop in attendance at matches. How do you, how do you, how do you reckon with that, Oshin? Um, f- purely and simply, I think <clears throat> you get used you get used to to winning. You get used to success. Um, I was coming through actually customs um, because it was coming back from holidays. I was coming through customs and uh, gave recognized me. He said, uh, "You know what did I think at the weekend?" And I and he and he, he said, "You wouldn't know where I'm from from my accent and accent." And he it was obvious he was a dub. Um, and I said, I he says, I really hope dub, the dubs don't win us. Um, I said, I'll uh, I'd, I'd like to see somebody else win us. And I said, Oh, yeah, well, Kerry haven't got too many of them, I'm sure David later. <laughs> <I said, "Well." laughs> and he, he, he said, Well, when I said anybody or somebody else, I, I, I didn't mean Kerry, but so yeah. I think, I think there, there is like you know, there's a, there's a thing where. You know, you get it too good for too long, and you just you just become accepting almost of it, or uh, you take it for granted. And I think that's what's happened in Dublin is that they've taken for it for granted big time again. And and I've been really I've been really disappointed with the crowds, even even the crowds that travel with the, with them for the national league games, because there is there's a cohort of obviously um, supporters there who are very loyal. But you know, as far as numbers go, I mean, take it back. The, yeah, seventeen, eighteen. You, you couldn't get a ticket for a match, you know. Yeah. Regardless of how you trade, you know. So it is. You're right. It's disappointing, but I just think it's a bit of um, taking things for granted again. And, and, and uh, probably pricing, the pricing stuff. This you touched on as well, Paul. Definitely comes into it. The cost, of li- like people think about, you know, it's tickets. I take it's X price, but. It's not just a ticket; it's it's everything that's involved with traveling and going there and bringing kids or whatever it is. So eating and all those sort of things. So yeah, so there's some of that, but there is a lot of it is taking the thing for granted a bit. And and there there is there is definitely a squeeze um, in 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 terms of cost. Brian, there does seem to be a huge crowd coming from Kerry relative to the normal semi semi final expedition that takes place. Yeah, and I think that's purely down to the fact that this is a must-win game for Kerry. I think this is a game that's, you know, it's, it's, it's been talked about all year. And I don't, again, I'm trying not to be disrespectful to the other teams. I think everyone was building for this game. Um, and I think this is the one time where the, there was really excitement in Kerry from the point of view that we have a fantastic opportunity of beating Dublin. It's not the same Dublin team that was there over the past few years. Um, is it in Kerry heads a little bit? I would just I would probably say it is. Um, I know myself playing um, at the end of my career, it was kind of in my head from the point of view that 
you know, Jesus Christ, it's been so long since I've beaten these fellas. And and it did it did kind of come to me that I have we have to know we have to do it. You know, and I know we beat him in a in a league final above in, in Crow Park in, in seventeen, but look, that's that's the league, it's it's championship that matters. Um and yeah, it was. You know, <laughs> it even came to a state where we were out one night in, in, in Dublin. I think it was after that league final, and there was we met completely through Dublin players like and you know <laughs> maybe it's just me, I don't know, but no and players meet out, you know, you'd have a chat like, but I, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to double any small talk. How are you? I don't know, I just no, I I was jealous. I was they they had what I wanted and I, I wasn't happy and I was um just you know, small talk, how are you doing? That was it, and there was no camaraderie, there was nothing and because I just didn't like them. Um and that's not to say no, that's you know, if I met him obviously it's a different ball. Have you now. have you have you met any since you finished playing? So there was no relationship when you were playing, but I, I have you. There met probably any was. I, I'm just probably saying for myself. That's just me. Yeah, for your point. That, that's what I'm that's talking about from your point. Me, of view, that's, your I'm point not saying that that I was uh, built into every player down there. It was just my personality. That's uh, I was sick of losing to them. Um, didn't like it, and I probably just had this bit of a hatred uh, towards them for, for that reason. Um, I met one or two. I think I met Paul Flynn one day, but like that, no. Briefly, spoke met him in the car park and had a, had a chat for five or ten minutes, and it was it was grand. But it was just in my playing days, just in my when I was playing. Um, I found it very hard to, you know, knowing that we were going to probably meet these fellas later on in the year, go to go to battle with them, um, and I just didn't fancy having small talk or trying to be friendly with them. So um, look, that's just probably my personality. Was. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, you know. I think Kerry have to win this game. And, as and I said, did you I hear it when you went home? Do you hear it in Kerry when after you lose to Dublin? Probably you're more at home. I want host my father more than anywhere else. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you do, you do. Um, there's always no you get you get some people that would just be telling bluntly shut out you were useless or you weren't good enough or they blame this player, blame that player, they blame the management or the referee. So. There's always excuses, you know, that that'll be thrown around the place. But look, at the end of the day, we weren't good enough, and we have we haven't beaten them. Um, so it makes no difference what people think. Um, we just have to beat them, and I think that's why Sunday is just it just seems to be one of these things where Dublin have seemed to drop back into the pack um, from where they were over the last couple of years. They've lost big key players, um, and I just think now they've come back into the pack, and I think Kerry maybe. I'd like to think they've kicked on the gear, but I still think the jury's open carry. I think we slightly get carried away of ourselves down here with Smallwood. Um it was the same last year, same year before again, we got beaten by Cork in, in, in Cork in bad weather. Last year got caught by Tyrone. Um and at the end of the day, look, I just think we need just a bit of a level head here at the moment, but I think this is our best opportunity to to, to beat Dublin in a while. And it's I think I think the players might know it. I think they're kind of getting the sense of it from around the place from the talk. So um, yeah, I think as I keep saying, I, if I was a player, I would be treating this game as an all Ireland final, not the all Ireland final, but every bit as as big as it because um, I think they have to get the more capital back in this one. And that's the point we'll leave it. Thank you to Larry Ryan for running this podcast, to Raf Rocca, to Jack Neville, to Tony Lean, and to everyone at Examiner Sport. Thanks to Renault for their continued support. Huge thanks to Ushi McConville, to Brian Sheehan, and to Kevin Walsh for joining us today. Thanks to our sponsors, Renault. The Renault Capture, the versatile, compact family SUV. You're still the one I run to, the one that I belong to. You're still the one I want for a 
needed that. Come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen back to him.